Good evening from Plug Kid Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And uh, we are here with uh, episode 506 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for Sunday, August 19th, 2018. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Apple reveals their private thoughts, Valve reveals their cloning again, and Apple reveals it wants to expand its media reach. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, any of our live stream platforms like Livestream.com, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Mixer, Twitch, or Periscope, uh, through our subscriptions on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, the myriad of other podcasters available uh, on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Plus, I suppose, uh, Snapchat, wherever, uh, or of course, on our apps, pluckitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is live on Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. Eastern time by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, there you can chat with us in the studio. Uh, on that page, you will see both the live stream and uh, a chat room for Mixer. You can click on the links at the bottom to chat with us on any of the other platforms as well. Uh, if you can't join us on Sunday nights, that is okay. You can also subscribe by going to plugitslive.com slash subscribe. And there you will see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, uh, which will be on just a little bit, uh, First Looks, our special events feed, and a number of other series as well. Uh, and uh, with that, Avram, how has your week been? Oh, it's been all right. It's been all right. We're gearing up for we know tomorrow, uh, or maybe it'll have, depending on when you're watching this, it could be yesterday. But we know Monday uh, the 20th, there's going to be some big announcements. Uh, everyone is expecting NVIDIA to announce a new a new consumer graphics card, which we believe will be called the RTX 2080. Um, and um, that, uh, you know, in Tom's hardware land is really important. Uh, the company already this week, this past last week, announced uh, its new consumer cards, uh, the new Turing cards. Um, you know, the two, they're all based on turn architecture, I should say, the new quadro cards. Uh, and, uh, you know, they do real-time ray tracing, uh, which is a really big deal, although, granted, um, no regular person will be able to afford them because the minimum model is 2300 bucks, and the, the high-end one that really cooks with gas is like $9,000 for the graphics card alone. So... You know, you got to, I guess, you know, put that into some perspective. But, um, you know, it bodes uh, bodes well for what you're going to get. There have been a couple of accidental postings from, like, PNY and MSI of their RTX 2080 cards, which they had to take down. Um, so it seems that, um, you know, they're going to be to be pretty powerful, you know, um, hard to say what the end result of that is going to be in terms of, um, in terms of like better, you know, what you can do that you can't do with the high end now. But, yeah. Like real uh, world application, like real world capability. Yep. So we will, uh, 
We'll have to see. Oh, no. It, apparently, according to the leak, it will do real-time ray tracing. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll see if there's actually games that will take advantage of that. Um, so, so we'll see. That's all, you know, uh, I, if people are listening to this before the announcement or um, come to uh, tomshardware.com, we will be covering it. We even have an embed of the live stream that will be happening at 9 a.m. Pacific um 9 a.m pacific on monday the 20th um and uh you know we got all the rumors so um anyway that's and, exciting stuff happening and that's not the only uh big event this week friday starts uh microsoft ignite 2018 so we're likely to hear some stuff out of microsoft as well so should be an interesting week in general yeah <laughs> ignite tends to be more, well, I guess semi-developery and semi-partnery, but we've seen them announce some stuff there before, so we'll see what that looks like, too. Uh, with that, let's, uh, let's get to some news. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for uh, an, a, one of the new Xbox One X's or you're looking for a Surface, uh, right now the Surface Pro and Surface Laptop are available up to $300 off. Um, or you're looking for something completely unrelated, um, a new laptop, a, uh, uh, interestingly enough, things like headphones and VR headsets and even apps for your Windows 10 computer. Uh, they're all available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. And as per usual, speaking of Microsoft, let's talk about Apple. Uh, um, this week, um, a trial in Australia revealed that a teenager, a 16-year-old, that is as much as we know because obviously his name is sealed because uh, he's a minor, um, was in court for uh, and pleaded guilty to uh, hacking into Apple's secure servers. Not just once, but several times over the course of about a year. Uh, during that time, he stole about 90 gig worth of files. No mention as to exactly what kinds of files, but I can't imagine that you store a whole lot of video in a place that can be externally accessed. So probably a lot of content <laughs> in that case. Um, and uh, also accessed uh, customer information. Now, that is the place where I would like to focus for two reasons. Uh, first, Apple says, and I quote, we want to assure our customers that at no point during the incident was their personal data compromised. Yet, their personal data was accessed. So the idea of what compromised means in this context is uh, interesting to me because I think any time an external entity accesses customer information, that is compromised. Um, but 
may, maybe I I don't know. There's some definition where that doesn't make sense. Um, maybe they're just trying to play up what type of information it was. Like, oh, they didn't access your 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 you know name, address, credit card number, mm-hmm. password, that kind of stuff. Um, maybe that's what they're trying to say, as opposed to hey, maybe they accessed um, your playlist. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, obviously, uh, following you know what happened a couple of years ago. Um, how long ago? I can't say the name of what happened. Twenty fourteen. God, that's been a long time. Almost exactly four years ago was the iCloud breach. Um, that's crazy. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Um, so <laughs> ever since uh, that happened and Apple denied that it happened for a while after knowing that it happened and having been told what the breach capability was six months before the breach happened, obviously they've lost credibility in what they they say about what is and isn't true about a breach, at least for me. Um, so if any customer information was accessed, whether it be your iTunes playlist or, or something else, I think it's probably in your best interest to, um, to go change account information for your Apple ID. That's my recommendation. It may be a total overreaction in this particular case, but being as when asked in 2014 was your system breached they said no and it was you know i i would err on the side of caution um the the other side of this is um that it took them a long time to recognize that something had gone wrong they Their systems had been accessed from, their U.S. systems had been accessed from Australia several times. Over 90 gig worth of data was downloaded and the same IP address also accessed customer information. It's a little surprising that it took nearly a year for them to even realize that something had gone sideways. Don't you think? Yep. Uh, it's it's a little suspicious, but you know, I guess it just shows how vulnerable companies are. Even the comp the company with the largest market capitalization on the planet. Yep. Can get can get fooled by a sixteen year old. Yep. Uh, the the teen's lawyer claimed in court that the boy did it because he was a big fan of the company and wanted a job with the company. Um, However, with any sort of criminal record applying to the company, um, that's probably less likely today than it would have been otherwise. And when you add to it that he bragged about it on WhatsApp, probably not, probably not in his cards. For the future. You know, I honestly, I don't know how it goes today. I know there was a time. I'm trying to remember. Who was. Remember there was some uh-huh. kid who was like, 
was he in Israel or something? Or no, he had maybe escaped to Israel. I don't remember. And he had done all kinds of crazy hacking, and people were like, oh, poor kid, they should give him a job because he's so smart. Like, I think the, like, the poor kid, they're so smart, don't put them in jail or don't punish them stuff. I think that's gotten a little old now. I think so, too. In, in 2018, like, it was, you know, it was all right. I mean, I, I get it that, like, this guy is not a criminal mastermind. He's a kid probably right. not doing, I mean, doing it for, I don't know. To brag like about that. it on WhatsApp. This sounds a lot like that terrible movie I saw on, like, 1996, Hackers. Uh-huh. I, crime is curiosity. I, That's what the tagline I was, was. I was going to mention hackers. <laughs> because... The most realistic... Ha- yeah, because you always hack in a spinning phone booth. Uh, yes. Well, the most realistic hacking going on in that movie was me coughing in the back row. I mean, that was <laughs> the, the least, like... The least realistic computer movie I've ever seen. You didn't like I mean, the you didn't like the the big green digital towers of data <laughs> in the Gibson. Yeah, so, uh, I've seen yeah. that movie way too many times. If you can't tell, <laughs> one time is one time too many. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, yeah. So like, there was a spirit in a while ago of like in the in the earlier era times of the internet of sure. like wow these are just kids are curious they're really smart you should bring them on and and let's not forget okay that Steve Jobs uh Steve Jobs was uh Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were making uh what were they called blue boxes or something uh-huh. that they would actually hack the telephone network so let's not you know Apple Apple's, you know, hands are not exactly clean here. Their their seat, their founder, their founders were were doing, you know, shady stuff back uh-huh. in back in the seventies. So, you know, I get it, but I think today there's just so many smart people out there that like the fact that you hack something and you're a teenager does not like sure. get, let you get you off the hook. Like doesn't maybe make it you did what, doesn't make you special like you did a decade ago. Yeah, not exactly uh, Matthew Broderick and War Games over here. Right. And it's interesting because the sentiment has has ebbed and flowed, right? Because you had you had like the 90s, the early and mid 90s, the era of hackers where you've got like a uh, a name that most people may not know, Bryce Case, whose uh, story is very similar to the main character in Hackers, um, who was not supposed to touch a computer for a while, um, and then you know he he actually got in trouble with the law, and then there was the whole oh well he's just a bored kid, and now we're back to that getting in trouble with the law again because um, he will be in court next month for sentencing. Yeah, but listen, you've got to, I mean, you've got to understand his lawyer, too. I mean, like, you're obviously going to try to say whatever you can to make your client look sympathetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? If, for, if so, for no other reason than you're trying to uh, make sure that he's not banned from using computers for the next decade, in which case, you know, you wouldn't even be able to be a... a 
cashier at McDonald's. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. If you're banned from using computers these days, it's not. Uh, that's it. Yeah. So uh, that would obviously be a problem. So I think the lawyer is probably <laughs> working to prevent that. Um, yeah. So uh, he'll be in court next month. But as a reminder, uh, if you have an Apple account, I would recommend uh, looking at your security settings because I would not be comfortable with the idea that he accessed uh, customer data being safe. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Newegg. Whether you're building a new computer or bringing life to an old one, Newegg has all of the parts and pieces to make that experience better. You can get uh, SSDs to speed up an old laptop, or you can uh, turn your laptop into a more productive rig with a with a second monitor. Uh, right now, uh, they've got a, an Acer 27-inch uh, FreeSync monitor for $159, which is really a great deal. We've got some uh, Acers in the office, and they make <laughs> great work computers or uh, monitors. So. Uh, definitely something to check out. And the deals change every day. There's always something going on. So uh, whatever components and pieces you're looking for, you can find them by going to f5live.tv slash Newegg. And of course, that is not the website I'm supposed to say, but it happened, so here we are. <laughs> Pilchpoint.live slash Newegg. That one will get you there too. Anyway, um, so other ways to speed up your your PC, right, Avram, is uh, is yeah. configuring Windows correctly. Yes. So uh, I'm excited to have annoyed some people with my article. So I was just I was just looking at the comments as, as you were talking. Um, so uh, you know, periodically we, um, you know, when I worked for Laptop Mag, I did a story like this, and then we decided, hey, for Tom's Hardware, why don't I do a story also about like Windows 10 settings that you should change right away. Now, don't I, so if you haven't changed these, then I think you should. Uh, and if you get a new computer and a new install or whatever, like this would be, you know, your your to-do list. Now, uh, we could tip number two. Uh, I, I know so I knew would annoy some people, and you know, people are certainly uh, I I invite their disagreement. Um, but uh, I can't wait to anyway, hear what tip number two is now. So tip so tip number one is uh, this is really basic. Everybody should do this. There's no controversy about this. Unhide the file extensions and hidden files. Mm -hmm. Ugh, it's so annoying. It's like treating you like such a such a like it's treating the I, what I really hate in any program in any operating system, and it's not just Microsoft guilty of this is when you treat users like idiots. Uh -huh. Like, oh, we can't trust you. To, we can't trust you to, to actually know what you're doing, so we're gonna protect you from yourself. Yes. And like, maybe... The whole founding principle of iOS. People, you know, we're gonna, right. I don't like, I think, look, it's 2018, people are not dumb. I mean, people may do dumb things, but they do <laughs> dumb things because they they do dumb things and they probably know better or, you know, if they don't, I'm like, there's not, 
people so like and sometimes in trying to protect people from themselves you actually put them in more danger too. Uh-huh. so in the case of windows the default setting is they don't show you the file extensions so unless it's a file extension it's never windows has never heard of but like somebody sends you a file you you open up a file uh, you're looking at your file explorer and you see uh hey i bought a bunch of jpegs here but it doesn't say .jpg. It just says image file or JPEG file uh-huh. because they literally make invisible the .dot the file extension .jpg or .html or .doc or .docx. So what happens when you have multiple files that look alike, like they've got similar icons or whatever, but are an ex- but their but their file extension is invisible to you? Plus, it's really weird when you're going to save stuff and you try to save it as .jpg and then, like, you can't see what you saved it as. Like, it's so dumb. Like, uh-huh. they're, I think they're afraid that people are going to be turned off by, like, the very computerized nature of having file extensions. Listen, I get it. If we were to go back to 1981 or something in the MS-DOS days, maybe file extensions are not, you know, are... Maybe they're not as like user friendly as you know. No, actually, they are user friendly. They tell you what something is. Yep, I agree. So you know, they're just not. They just expose the guts of computers to you. This is what this is named. So it hides that from you. You can go into File Explorer options, make it show, make uncheck the box that says hide extensions. The other thing is it hides directories from you, folders. And there are folders that you really need to see, like in your user directory, there may be log files, that may be where there's some data that you need. Like, no, don't hide that stuff from me, you know, just because you're afraid I might go in and start erasing stuff, randomly erasing stuff. If someone goes and starts randomly erasing files on their own hard drive, then, you know, then you there's nothing you can do for them. You know, now tip number two, that some people will dif- disagree with, and I, and Scott may disagree with it, and that's okay. We'll agree to disagree. I really dislike the user account control settings. I really think the UAC. Um, now, for those who don't know what UAC is, you've experienced it, even if you don't know what it is. For sure. So, so by default, uh, your computer will say things to you when you start to try to install software like. This program wants to, you know, wants to make changes to your computer. It's the do ye- you want to do you really want to let it? It's the yellow dialog box, right? Where the and, the buttons are backwards, which drives me crazy. And, and then you have to click yes, yes. I actually meant to install this thing that I just clicked to install. Okay, I meant to do it. You don't need to warn me against my own behavior. You know, it feels it feels a little bit like a some type of like a school marm or something like if you really want to install a program, you know, I mean, it's it's so anyway, I recommend that people turn that off and you can go to that by typing user account control into the search Cortana search box and moving the slider on it down to never notify. Now, there are many people who don't agree with this because they they think that. You know, they're concerned that if a malicious program tries to modify that they may, uh, you know, they may get a warning. Now, if you turn it 
it all the way up so that it always bothers you for every breath that you take. You, uh, it, it may be a little bit, you know, warn, it may warn you if something, something bad happens, but generally it's just an annoyance. And I guess there's always a push pull with security settings, right? There's people who love security settings to the, uh, you know, to the exception of usability. Uh -huh. So, UAC is like that. It, it it tells you, it warns you against your own behavior. And then, you know, there's the minute possibility that, hey, if you have a malware trying to install itself, it would warn you of that. But mal malware is a lot smarter than that usually. And, and by the way, you have other defenses against malware, like your anti-malware, antivirus software. So uh, to try and prevent against that. So, you know, but I understand. I mean, there are people who who want to retype their password for every single thing that they do. They want to have to retype their password every five minutes. You know, like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I just I feel like these sorts of things slow you really, really, really slow you down with not a great discernible benefit. So I know some people. Um, I know some people uh, like you know. I know some people like that, you know, like it, and uh, they're they're entitled to their opinion. My opinion is it's an it's annoying. Um, other other things that um, other things that you should definitely change. Um, you know, we've got a couple on here that uh, I'll just ask people to go to the article because they they're a little complicated to explain without you seeing like where you go to in the registry to change them, uh, but. We definitely recommend uh, turning off, disabling the lock screen. That doesn't mean your your computer's not locked. I want to point that out. It means disable the splash screen that appears before the password prompt. Mm -hmm. So that, by default, that little image cover thing. Right by default, Windows. I think they've got stock and carpal tunnel companies or something <laughs> like that that make the little sticks for your finger. Wants you to hit to have to click the mouse before you put in your password to make a little like cover photo go away. Why? Why can't they just give you the password box straight out? Now, if you are using um, facial recognition, that actually gets around this problem because I think facial or fingerprint recognition auto dismiss can, it will just dismiss it automatically. So that's good. But if like a lot of people you're typing a password, then, uh, there's a registry setting you can do to make this go make this go away. Um, sim similarly, um, it is a it is a setting that I personally change uh, ever since I think your last article when yeah. when you were yeah. at uh, uh, the other brand. Um, yeah, I I have been changing this myself except for on the the traveling studio computer just so when it's locked I just have the company logo up but other than that I, even i make that change but but the thing is it has the company logo even or whatever the wallpaper behind your password prompt so it's not even That's like true. it's um but anyway one last thing i'll say out of these 10 tips is uh, we also have a registry tip on how to cause force your computer to actually close apps when you go to shut down i really hate it annoys me to no end um when you have the situation where like, let's say you were typing a few notes into notepad and you didn't save them because you copied and pasted somewhere else, or you had taken a screenshot and you, you know, had to crop it in like, you know, an image editor and then paste it somewhere else. And so 
you have unsaved files uh -huh. right um uh, on your on your computer and you go to shut down because you want to turn your computer off and then it doesn't shut down because it gives you this message saying you're sure you really want to close these file these programs um and then you have to hit force close and it's annoying and uh and you can't just like turn off your computer and walk away or restart your computer and walk away so there's some registry settings to make it automatically kill those tasks like if you shut down it's because you meant to shut down but once again it's it's that philosophy that like you don't know what you're doing so we got to protect you from yourself uh you might have have unsafe files here so we're going to make sure that we can um you know we can do we can um warn you to to go back and save them rather than shut down the computer like like you wanted to do uh and that's also really frustrating when you have a situation where you've got a lot of junk open and your computer's going so slow and you're like let's let me turn this off let's just let me restart this now one more thing I will mention, because I find this is a fairly new thing and more recent uh, updates of Windows 10 that is really, really annoying, is there's an option, I think you've probably experienced it, that is, I think, enabled by default, where if you re if you had programs open and you restart your computer, or, um, your, or your, the apps will open all over again. And every app you had open will open all over again and your browser will open with all the tabs that it had open. So, so imagine, you know, your computer is, is like crashing cause it's out of memory and like, Oh crap, you know, I got to restart. Oh, we're going to take you back to what you were doing. Thanks. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, like, so, so, I mean, sometimes you want to reboot because you've got so much crap in your memory. You just want a fresh start. Sometimes you need to do that, unfortunately. Uh -huh. So there, uh, in settings, sign-in options, there's an option that says, use my sign-in to automatically finish setting up my device and reopen my apps after an update or restart. Makes it seem like that's only for updates, but it actually works across a lot of... I find it's not just updates. Okay. So... So make sure that's toggled to off. I mean, I think you can reopen all your own own apps, honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've only got I've only got one computer that I ever want to restore what it had, and it never restores it the way I want because it only brings the windows back up, but it doesn't ever put them back where they were. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's a I whole mean, different level of annoying. I mean, that's where you have, you know, you have your things that you want to start when Windows starts. And, you know, if your computer, if the reason that you're, if your shutdown was unexpected, it's probably because something crashed. Yeah. And if it crashed, you don't want to go back to having. Right. You don't want all back that stuff. condition. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I find that remarkably, remarkably annoying and dumb. <laughs> but uh, please uh, check out uh, the rest of this article. Uh, there's comments there. You can tell me you completely disagree with the user account control uh, <laughs> advice or, or other advice. Uh, just go to the homepage of tomshardware.com. Fantastic. I love, I always love that you enjoy when people are like, no, you're wrong. I know we've talked about it a bunch. You, you like knowing that you made an impact on somebody, but I, I just love your reaction when people are like, no, <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Anyway, uh, thank you for this and definitely go check out, uh, the full list on Tom's hardware, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is probably powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game, whether it be on PC or console or even on mobile, Razer is there for you. From uh, incredibly specialized mice with a whole wall of buttons on the side. I've never seen this one before and it's very interesting. The Razer Naga Trinity has like 12 buttons on the side. It, insane looking. Anyway, uh, that or keyboards and uh, webcams that have chroma key built in and even uh, gaming specific laptops are all available by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. See that time I meant to say that domain. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Valve has been a topic of conversation for us a lot lately for one reason or another. And that trend will continue. Uh, they have been doing uh, some things. Uh, we, we know a couple of weeks ago they released a pretty Discord-looking clone uh, into the Steam client with uh, a gaming-centric chat capability. And uh, it looked just like Discord. And Discord responded by putting a game store right into their client um seemingly almost as a joke a little bit but their game store is very different apparently the uh the trend of uh valve cloning or challenging their competitors uh head-on is not over here's what we've got this week uh they have decided to take on twitch and mixer they accidentally revealed that they have a streaming competitor uh, available internally right now they they registered a domain this week uh, stream.tv and within hours had a full working application published on the domain and on that on that domain they were running a stream of um, the big the international 2018 which is their big dota 2 tournament it was it looks a lot like Twitch or Mixer right down to purple accents, which is obviously Twitch's uh, brand color. And if you logged in, you could create uh, chat groups and there's a chat room right next to the stream and all the things you would expect. The only thing you couldn't do was uh, stream your own content. And then within a couple of hours, the whole website went away. And now if you go there, it is just an all white page with the, uh, the fave icon in the title bar. And Valve said, we're working on updating Steam Broadcasting for the main event on the international Dota 2's annual tournament. What people saw was a test feed that was inadvertently made public. Yes, a test feed, not a new product from Valve to challenge Amazon's Twitch or Microsoft's Mixer. No, of course not. <laughs> what what do you think about them trying to take on take on Twitch? Everybody wants to take on Twitch. Right? Everybody wants to take on Twitch because Twitch is um, you know 
everybody want everybody wants to take on Twitch because Twitch is so successful. They're everybody the, they're wants the market, to be they're the market leader the by business. by a a wide margin. The leader yeah. by a wide margin. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense that everybody wants to be in that space. Given uh Valve's track record in in clones, do you think do you think people are gonna go that way or do you think they'll stay Twitch? Uh well the uh, I think I think most people are gonna stay with Twitch. Twitch is an established market leader. And Twitch is expanding. I mean you see right. the things on Twitch that are not game you see a lot of non game uh, uh related streams on Twitch. Uh as we including as we talk us. about this. Yeah. As we talk about this, uh, you know, NVIDIA is going to have a press conference streamed on Twitch. Uh and I don't think it's gonna be available on YouTube. So Wow. You know, uh, I mean, obviously, if anyone was going to embrace it, it would be NVIDIA because, hey, that's their um, bread and you butter. Know, gamers are their bread and butter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Them and, and uh, crypto miners. But, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely been their, uh, their kind of long-term uh, target demographic. And, and like you said, Twitch has been expanding even purposefully. You know, Twitch has gone out seeking broadcasters who are not 100% gaming related. Obviously, yeah. we're we're 20% we're talking about gaming stuff right now, but you know, they've gone out looking for for content that's not uh gaming yeah. related uh to try to bring them to the to the platform. I think they're missing missing yeah. Justin TV a little bit and wanting to <laughs> to to yeah. lean back that way just a tad. Uh, obviously, Twitch will remain, you know, primarily yeah. game focused. You have to put in a game name before you stream. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think people are gonna stay there just because. I mean, the Xbox One has Mixer built in, and people go buy hardware to easily stream to Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, the other place that uh, that Valve is getting a little aggressive and uh, weird. We know that the CEO Gabe Newell has something against Windows. He has since Windows mm-hmm. 8 was first announced. Uh, now many years ago, it seems like, and he had very mean things to say about it. He said that Windows 8 was yes incapable of gaming or something like that despite the fact that it had the same core as windows 7 whatever um and they went so far as to make their own steam os operating system for the steam machines so that they could you know try to distance themselves from microsoft and um obviously the big failure there was that it was on linux and at the time, uh, less than 10% of the games available on Steam were available on Linux. And so, a Redditor this week discovered uh, in the most recent release of Steam OS that there are settings within the system uh, referencing Steam Play, which is a 
wrapper for Windows games to try to make them run on Linux. Now, it is important to note that there is a thing out there in the wild right now called Wine, which is this. And Wine works real well for something like Notepad or Paint and does not work real well for something complicated and definitely does not work well for things that access the hardware directly. Hint, games. Um, yes. Trying to route processes. Let me, okay, first let me read uh, Wine's description since we don't have a description of Steam Play because it's not official. Uh, <laughs> let me read what Wine describes the process as. Instead of simulating internal Windows logic like a virtual machine or emulator, Wine translates Windows API calls into POSIX calls on the fly, eliminating the performance and memory penalties of other methods. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, that is because it is almost exactly how Windows 10 on ARM works. And Avram, yes. how well does Windows 10 on ARM work? Not at all. There we go. Um, <laughs> terrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, you know, like even using like Chrome browser, uh, it was painfully slow yeah. on, on the systems that I used. Um, you know, things that were native, um, you know, native windows store apps, uh, worked okay. Uh, but there's still a real paucity of that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. Certainly no games. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I, you know, it would be lovely if we lived in a world where you could play exactly the same game and exactly the same quality on Linux as you can on Windows. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I definitely noticed when using Linux, um, I definitely noticed when using Linux is like, look, you got to accept that you can't run a lot of the apps that uh -huh. you want to run. Yeah. And, and companies are not making their latest and greatest drivers for Linux either. Right. So I don't think there's a real equivalent to like DirectX for Linux. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see how given the current market state Linux is ever, ever going to be a reasonable place to play games. Right. And to even play real real AAA titles. Right. Uh and and with that 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 brings us back to Steam Play, which you know, we, what are, what are the things that don't work well on Windows 10 on ARM? It's the things that exist outside of a very narrow collection of APIs. Anything that may access the hardware directly, such as Chrome, chunks pretty hard. Video games access the hardware directly. <laughs> It's why they're able to get the graphics that they are. Um, and so this concept is far from foolproof um, and is um, ambitious at best and disastrous at worst. Uh, there may be a lot of time put into this with absolutely no payout. Um, luckily, Valve seems to be aware of this because there is a warning when you try to run, for lack of a, a real good term, the emulated uh, uh, software, 
it says that it may not work as expected and can cause issues with your games, including crashes and breaking save games. So Valve is aware that this is dangerous ground <laughs> that they're going to try and enter. And I cannot wait to see how weird this goes because it will. <sighs> Best reaction ever. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it for you. Uh, the guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best making fun of movies from blockbusters to ice cream man i i can't control these things they've got a little bit of everything the way it usually works is for a couple of dollars you download the mp3 play it along with your dvd netflix amazon wherever it happens to be and laugh from time to time they uh, will do live events the next one is thursday this thursday august 23rd with an encore on saturday uh, it is Krull, and it will be in theaters nationwide. Uh, in addition to uh, feature films, they also do short films, industry films, things like that. And to find all of the short films, all of the feature films, and all of the theaters that you can see Krull in this week, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. Obviously, we've talked a lot about um, encryption and cryptography over the last couple of years for a variety of reasons. Um, cryptocurrencies have become uh, a big thing, and a lot of data is stored within um, the blockchains that power cryptocurrencies. Blockchain is a massively popular technology right now, and uh, within that blockchain uh, data gets encrypted and some may or may not be retrievable uh, in a in a direct kind of a way. Um, we've seen most of the major chat clients not just add SSL but uh, include encryption in them, uh, many of which uh, are one-way encryption during the conversation. You cannot uh, you know, somebody outside of the one-to-one -one conversation cannot uh, retrieve that information. Signal's a good example of that. Um, and, of course, we've seen uh, things like uh, BitLocker on Windows 10 and Android has one, too. I can't remember what it's called. Built into the operating system. And I believe both platforms now turn it on by default so that... Uh, personal data on your hard drive is encrypted and requires uh, your access to get to it. Otherwise, it's just a jumble of nonsense. And with that, uh, governments in particular, the governments that are uh, a little more on the authoritarian side, uh, or at least more on the um, hard law enforcement tilt, um, tend to be really scared of that. Uh, here in the United States, we saw the FBI and the Department of Justice get into an actual in-court legal battle with Apple over whether or not Apple 
would write a v special version of iOS so that they could get into the iPhone of one of the San Bernardino shooters and the courts told him to go away. Uh, in Australia, however, they are working on, they have pitched a law that would do a couple of things, uh, but one of them would be to um, weaken the effects of encryption within the country. Basically, anybody who has any kind of encryption, either physically in or that does business through the country of Australia, would have to have a way to undo it, essentially. Um, there are a number of other uh, aspects to this law, but that's the one that anytime it shows up anywhere in the world, it always like, becomes a problem for me. For a couple of reasons, uh, first, um, obviously, uh, a service like uh, like Signal, we'll use that one again because it's a good example. Uh, Signal is not based in Australia. It does not specifically market itself to Australia. Um, but if one of its users happens to be in Australia, they would have to either disable the encryption or use something that's publicly decryptable that from a business perspective it's nearly impossible and that's the kind of thing that drives google news out of spain right like that's the kind of that's the kind of law that guarantees that nobody does business in your country isn't it abram yeah i mean you, you definitely want to be be careful you don't want uh, you don't want the gover a government of any company being able to pry into your information. I mean, that's that's pretty frightening. Absolutely. Now, granted, this would require a a special kind of warrant to be able to compel the company uh, to do the unencryption, but it means that there is one one encryption key to rule them all, which means that the encryption is worthless at that point because once that key leaks and it will because it always does um that's the end of the encryption it's no longer valid that's crazy yeah oh that's no good that's like having a uh it's like telling everybody that your door like good news um you know the um the locksmith down the locksmith at walmart or something has a key that will unlock everyone's door right because there's not even a single bit of a chance that a disgruntled uh locksmith employee is going to duplicate that key and walk out the door with it <laughs> we've we've seen uh uh who was it was it, it wasn't verisign but it was somebody up there their encryption key for SSL certificates ended up getting leaked. And a whole bunch of SSLs had to be regenerated because, because there was some master key concept. It's never a good idea. And for, for the Australian government, who is really good, by the way, at passing laws that uncomfortably favor law enforcement over the privacy of its citizens. Um, 
for for them to be trying to pass this law is definitely worrisome um, because I don't want I don't want Google to have a master key for for Android whatever their version of BitLocker is I can never remember the name of it I I don't want them to have a master key just because Australia says we need to be able to to unlock people's phones. That's not going to exist just in Australia. <laughs> That's going to come to your phone too, and you know it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's sort of like California emissions laws, uh-huh. right? If 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 automakers have to follow California emissions laws, then even the cars that they sell in in New York are going to have to are probably going to meet the same standard because right. it doesn't pay for them to make two different kinds. Right. Exactly. It it. Definitely doesn't make sense for them to engineer two cars. <laughs> if if they can get to a certain emissions thing, they're just going to do it. If if they build a unified encryption key, they're going to use it. And none of us want that. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, this will get uh, beaten up. Everybody seems to be against this except the government. Um, they've received fierce opposition from privacy groups and every tech company who has ever done business in Australia and beyond. Uh, everybody is against this except for uh, the government. So hopefully we won't see this come to pass because it is definitely frightening. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know your basic benefits. You know you get free shipping, sometimes free uh, same day. Uh, but what you may not know is some of the other features you get. You get Amazon Prime Music, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, where you get several million tracks of, uh, of music available to stream included in your Prime subscription. There's Prime Video, which has all kinds of TVs and movies and documentaries and original content, HBO content, uh, licensed content, all available as part of your subscription. Uh, If you've never checked it out, you should. Uh, You get Twitch Prime, which we just talked about Twitch. Um, With Twitch Prime, you get two things. First, you get a free subscription every month, which if you would like to, you can use to subscribe to Plug Kids Live on Twitch. Um, and get a good notification when we go live. And you also get free games every month. Uh, Just like Xbox Live and uh, PlayStation Network, you can get free games every month. And once they are yours, they are yours. Um, As many people know, I have been playing through some of the free games, and there are some really fun ones that come through. Um, There are other uh, benefits as well. Those are my three favorites to find out some of the others. To get direct links to those benefits, or if you're not already a Prime subscriber, to get a free 30-day trial to find out if Prime is for you, you can do all of that by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Let's continue to talk about Amazon. We don't do that very often. Um, So let's talk about Amazon from a media perspective. As it turns out, um, we know that Amazon has become, you know, a bit of a, a media 
player, right? They're not Netflix, but they're also not uh, Voodoo, right? They're <laughs> somewhere in the middle, and um, they have a pretty wide selection of things, you know, Prime Video and Amazon Prime Music and Amazon Music. Um, but it seems like they want to expand on all of that. And right now, there are three ways that they are looking at doing that. The first is that they have decided that Spotify and Apple Music cannot be uh, the only big players uh, left in the market with everybody else trailing pretty far behind, including Amazon. Uh, they will not let those two uh, take up the majority of the market. And so they have decided that Amazon Music uh, is going to be a big focus for them, including uh, they're going to run nationally uh, syndicated television ads to market Amazon Music, which I imagine will include marketing for Prime Music. I don't know for sure. Um, Avram and I have talked a number of times about this. Uh, especially in the music world where you don't see albums doing a whole lot of exclusivity. I mean, there was some attempts with that with Tidal, but um, where are they today? Uh, there's not really a whole lot of music exclusivity. So, you know, when you have choices, that can only make that particular industry better, I think. And for Amazon to, to put a big push behind it, I think... I think Amazon Music might be the T-Mobile of this space. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of competition, you know, and Amazon obviously wants to be, Amazon obviously likes, wants to be a bigger player and they have the resources to be a bigger player. Absolutely. And, you know, the, their platform is good. I have never had a problem with uh, with using Amazon Music. I use Prime Music, um, but, you know, I've never had a problem with it. The app works really well. It, you know, it integrates on the phone real well. So I think they actually have, have a good possibility there. Now, where, where they're going to give something a shot that might be a little more complicated for them is in uh, a set-top box that's not quite the same as what you're thinking. Because obviously we have Fire TV, and they've done okay with that. It's it's sells well, but it, I don't think it quite has the market share that uh, that Chromecast has. Although I think at this point, a lot of a lot of people have gone to uh, more dedicated hardware, and so Amazon wants to as well. They want to get into a set-top box that is a DVR. Essentially, they want to compete with TiVo and Slingbox, which I think is a really interesting place for them to go, but not an insane one. Um, they've got the they've got the Fire Sticks, they've got the Fire TV built into some televisions now. It makes sense that they would have a a full featured box to go along with it. Do you do you agree or do you think that's a, a crazy move for them? 
No, of course not. I mean, why wouldn't they want to have a full featured box to go along? I mean, Amazon, Amazon, you know, we thought it was, I mean, listen, I've only seen Amazon really screw up one thing, <laughs> which is, I mean, Wait. I shouldn't say that, but in terms of like trying to expand into different markets. And we can all, we all know where this is going. The phone. <laughs> the anyway, phone. The, the phone. <sighs> but other than, other than that, it's other than that, Amazon has been surprisingly good at, at getting into different parts of your life that honestly, when they first attempted to get into, I thought were a bad idea. But what do I know? Because they, uh, you know, I when they first started doing tablets, why would anybody want a tablet that's from Amazon? It's this is a site where I buy things. Why would I want them to control my operating system? You know, I mean, I still kind of feel that way about it, but but uh, <laughs> the the Fire tablet is the best kids tablet. My son uses his all the time. Right. So like, you know, they're they started Amazon, out they started out trying to go wide with it, and they they really narrowed their focus down. Like you said, it's the best kids tablet, and you know they I, they know that, and they've they've generally focused their their marketing to that, which I think is a great idea. With the Fire Phone, I think they they narrowed their focus too much because that ended up just getting bizarre. But since then, yeah, they've they've definitely done a good job of of figuring out what hardware makes sense. You know, the yeah. the Echoes have been insanely pop popular and making uh, Alexa a little more open to hardware developers means that yep. she's everywhere. The yep. the Fire Sticks, the Fire TVs, they've got what Westinghouse and Insignia, and I think even Toshiba is making a right. Fire TV powered smart TV. Right. They seem to have figured it out. Maybe, maybe they see where this could be a a success. A little bit of streaming, a little bit of live TV, all in one box. Kind of what Microsoft was doing with the Xbox One too. <laughs> But with yep. a, a way more focused device, uh, it could it could be cool. It could be a Fire Phone, but I don't I don't feel like we're gonna see that out of them again. I don't think we'll see something like trip and fall down the stairs the way the Fire Phone did. There's also just kind of a sense in the industry of like you know there was a time when everybody wanted to be in the smartphone business, and now. And now, no, you know, now almost yeah. nobody wants to be in the smartphone business. Right. That's true. Uh, and they, you know, they I, they tried to trip into it as people were like, "I don't know that I want to be in this business anymore." They they came in at a bad time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's it's a little hard to uh, to say what is going to happen, but I think Amazon, whatever they kind of put put their mind to the resources to they usually succeed if however they make a move that is too bizarre for them it's probably this one there are reports that amazon is looking to purchase landmark theaters from mark cuban to be able to screen in theaters their original content Hmm. Uh huh. Well. Hmm. 
Well, I guess the question is, what will they screen? Very good question. I don't know if people are, I mean, when I think of uh, our Amazon original content, I'm usually thinking of shows. Series, yeah. Series with like, you know, a number of episodes. I don't, I can't think of, I mean, I know Netflix has, has a fair number now of actual like movies that are just an hour and a half long. Um, but I, I can't think of too many on Amazon. Are there any that stand out to you? No. No, I, I mean, there, there are some series on Amazon that stand out to me, but are you really going to like go to the movies to see man in the high castle? No, not and watch like eight episodes of it or 10. I mean, <laughs> no, absolutely not. It, it's such a weird concept to me. Um, they're currently bidding. The word on the street is they're currently bidding against two other companies. And at one point, one of those other companies was believed to be Netflix. Right. Which is still bizarre, but slightly different, right? Because, like you said, you can think of, <laughs> offhand, you can think of a couple of things from Netflix that are one-off, uh, even their comedy specials, right? There's, yeah. They've got all kinds of one-off things, but I, I am literally on Prime Video right now looking to see... If there's a, a a category for original feature films, and I don't see one. There's an original series category, and it's the first one, but I don't see an original feature film. Yeah. So either they have so few that there's not a category, or they have forgotten about the category themselves. Yep. Original movies. There it is. It is six full page downs on on their listing. Um, So far, I've never heard of any of them. There's something called Wiener Dog. That's not a great. Great. Elvis and Nixon. Uh, There you go. I mean, also, here's the thing. Are you going to have to pay to get into these or is you're just going to have to flash some kind of a, a, a thing on your phone that shows that you're a Prime member? Right. Or is Prime going to give you a movie pass kind of a thing? Yeah. Who knows what this would look like? I mean, if Prime... Yeah, even then, like going to the... Even if going to the movies were were to get in were free... I mean, I guess if you're like young and you sneak your own, you don't have a family, you don't sneak your, you sneak your own food in, like that could be a, a good prospect for you. But like going to the movies is is an expensive prospect, even if you don't have to pay for tickets. Um, so, you know, I don't know. This point in my life, having a child, like my wife, I almost never get to go to the movies and. You know, money is one part of it. Getting a babysitter is another part of it. And like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, where you are in your life. But like, you know, to go see stuff in the movies that I could see, stay home and see on Amazon. Why? Why would I? 
Yeah. They, wow. They have, they have something called Game Change that looks like it stars Woody Harrelson and Sarah Palin. I don't know yeah. what to do about that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I. It's an expensive prospect. Even if the ticket's free, it's an expensive prospect. It's not one that I'm personally generally interested in in pursuing. Yeah, three or four times a year, Marvel puts something out or maybe Jurassic Park puts something out. Other than that, I'm generally not interested in going to the theaters. It's not... My couch is way more comfortable and I've got a good surround sound system and a big TV. I, I'm good. <laughs> so, if something were to be ill-fated, I definitely feel like this is the one. Uh... So, obviously, we will see if anything comes of that one. Um, we know that Amazon Music is going to be a focus. The DVR has been a rumor for a while. There appear to be either photos or renders of the hardware today and even a leaked code name of Frank. So, that one is almost certainly in the works, too. As for Landmark, who knows? <laughs> And that is our show. Thank you to those of you who uh, joined us live. I know we had some people uh, on at least several of the platforms. Thank you for that. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that's okay. You can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe, and you can find uh, how to subscribe to all of our series in one place. You can listen to us or watch us just about anywhere. If there is a platform that you are using that we are not on, please feel free to reach out to us on social media or through an email or something and let us know where you are and we will try to um, make that happen if it's possible. Um, if you are able to join us live in the future, you can do that on Sunday nights uh, by going to f5live.tv slash join us. We're on at about 9 o'clock Eastern time and there you can chat with us in the studio and give us feedback on the topics. We always enjoy that. Um, and I think with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.